Welcome in everybody podcast, Pete Forsey, the show, the name coming at you here uh, right after the holidays, the Christmas holiday. I am in the protocols, much like the NFL protocols, 10 days I have to isolate in my house, exposed to COVID-19, me and Ms. Taylor. We got that news shortly before the holiday. It was a real, real bummer. All our plans as far as visiting folks, uh, family and, and friends just out the window, so we're bummed, but we're making the best of it. It's been, you know, beneficial in a lot of ways. You know, you don't have to think too much. There's mindlessness to it. Uh, you just kind of hunker down, do your thing, and you get to be around your dog and, and your loved one. And you know, that's enough for me. And I get to watch football and have some holiday treats and, and some snacks. And you know, life's actually pretty good when you when you add that all up together. And you get to record the podcast. After a, another very good NFL weekend, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, I'm not even going to touch on it this time, just doesn't deserve a long-term contract. I don't know who in their right mind would give him 25-plus million a year to play quarterback, but it's going to be on a new team because I don't think the Browns are going to want him any longer. But we're going to touch on everything around the league, Packers, Rodgers, touchdown record, Cowboys, huge victory. They're the biggest threat in the NFC. Titans are better than the Colts. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the number seven seeds, as far as each conference, we're going to talk about that. But I also want to get to the hiring window in the NFL. That opens now in week 17. Coaches on teams right now, they can interview if granted the request from their current club to take a head coaching vacancy. So let's get to that. It's episode 68 of the podcast. So definitely Washington full, the Bears and Seahawks game. Ms. Taylor still interested, even though her team... Now 5-10 and 10 has been eliminated from the playoffs. But they fought hard yesterday. Uh, definitely got to give you know credit to Matt Nagy. You got to win. And it's hard to do when you know you're pretty much a lame duck at this point in the season. But you saw a lot of the same bad things. Poor offensive penalties, namely the offensive line. I think they have to lead the league in false starts. But also their linemen get penalized more than anybody. And they also just have the, the foolish penalties. The unsportsmanlike. Uh, after the after the uh, whistle penalties, and, and it's just it's that's a reflection of coaching. Like it's just dumb. Their special teams not all that good, especially when you don't have uh, Grant in the game, which he was um, out injured yesterday in Seattle. And I know it was a snowy game. Definitely always takes guts to not take the tie. But then again, at the same time, like you, you got nothing to lose by going for the win right then and there. So. It's, it's not exactly uh, a feather in the cap of Matt Nagy, and I still think they need to let him go, especially now with these new rules. Starting today, here in week 16, or sorry, week 17 of the NFL season, you could start to interview coaches from other teams. And I think Chicago, you know, there, there's no honor in, like, letting your head coach finish out the season, especially if you're going to put yourself at a disadvantage, which, you know, the Bears potentially are. You know, Doug Peterson is a guy on this list for Chicago that I really like, but he's probably number one on Jacksonville, and they have a vacancy. They could, in theory, hire them before the end of this recording uh, of this show. And I think he definitely needs to be a top of the list of Chicago. So, you know, why wait? If you already know that you're going to get rid of Mac Nagy, uh, what, I mean, why not keep your options open as many doors open as possible to find your next head coach there's there's no reason not to and I understand you like you want to keep the team together the rest of the year but that's got to take a back seat 
to find you the next guy to to lead this franchise. And, you know, there's a good article in The Athletic. It was a Bears beat reporter. Uh, I forget his name, but he was talking just about, you know, how the power structure works with the McCaskey family. You got George McCaskey, uh, obviously the owner, and then below him, you have Ted Phillips, the president who oversees both business operations and football operations for the Bears. And then you have, you know, Ryan Pace, general manager, who reports to Phillips. And Nagy obviously reports to uh, Ryan Pace. So it's, you know, it's a classic, you know, ladder, if you will. The Giants still follow it. And you can see that it's a bit outdated in the sense that, you know, things that worked in the 1950s and 60s, even the 80s, even we, even as recently as then in the, in the 90s, you could say, it's not working today. Like, the, the head coach has to have the most autonomy here in the organization. And that's why hiring the head coach is the most important thing. But the thing with these NFL owners is they don't always know who's best to be running the team, to, to be the coach on the field, because they're not football people. So that's why they really rely on these search firms with, uh, and that's what the McCaskies have always done, and that's why they have someone like Ted Phillips who oversees both the business side and the football side and really how that marries together to to have a fluent operation. That's why they rely upon those individuals, and you, you can understand why they do it, but it's big-time flawed. <laughs> I mean, you know, what's best for business is not always best for winning games on the football field. And that's why I think, you know, you really have to, one, reconsider how you're going to go about hiring if you're the Chicago Bears. And that uh, article, uh, again, I think it was, it was Adam Johns. Yeah, Adam Johns of The Athletic. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But he outlaid it pretty good if you subscribe to that um, that website. Very good uh, on taking a peek behind the curtain for Chicago. But when we are talking about good candidates, I definitely think Doug Peterson needs to be a top of the list. Again, uh, Jacksonville is definitely going to try and hire him. Uh, Peterson is a Florida guy, lives in Jupiter, and obviously they got the best quarterback situation as far as opening up. But I also think Peterson, you know, he's a good offensive guy. He's not going to have to answer to some, you know, Yahoo general manager and owner about why he didn't, you know, throw the ball more like he was doing in Philadelphia with Jeffrey Lurie. You heard about those like Monday morning play call meetings that they had. Like think about how juvenile that is. If you're Doug Peterson, you win a Super Bowl and the next year you still have to review the play calls with the owner. I get it. He owns the team, but it's just also kind of like, hey, you know, I I have some collateral here. I don't think I have to sit down and, you know, answer you every time I, I call a run play, but that's how they do things in Philly. And, you know, they're doing okay. Seven and seven out there for uh, for the Eagles. But if they do not have the opportunity to interview Doug Peterson, I think their top choice, and maybe he won't even be interested because, you know, <laughs> he left one team at the altar, doesn't always seem to be interested in interviewing, is Josh McDaniels. But if Josh McDaniels is interested in, you know, being a head coach outside of New England, I definitely think this is a good spot for him. He's got experience coaching different quarterbacks. I know a lot of people seem to think he's like a a product of Brady. Yeah, he coached him for a long time. He also got an offense with no offseason, big thing with Cam Newton, and got them to function. They won seven games last year with Cam Newton. And he also coached Tim Tebow. He drafted Tim Tebow very unorthodox quarterback, a guy who really relied upon his legs and a lot of, you know, 
you know, college type passing offenses and, and just intermediate routes. I definitely think he can bring the best out in Justin Fields. Not only that, I think he can also get Scott Pioli, who was a general manager for the Falcons and the Chiefs, um, and obviously has New England roots. He might be able to get him out of, of retirement in, in the radio business and have him pick the players. And maybe it is, you know, that traditional uh, power structure that Chicago likes, and that would please the McCaskey family. But you, you got some good guys there. You got guys that know offense. You got guys that know how to pick players. Might be something that does well for Chicago. But it's all contingent upon does Josh McDaniels want to be a head coach? He may not want to. Maybe he is the coach in waiting. Who knows how long Belichick wants to continue coaching. But I think as far as perfect fits, Josh McDaniels, Doug Peterson, you got to be ready to interview those guys. That's why I think you got to let Nagy go right now because that uh, Peterson can go at any point. And now you have New England. Uh, you have the availability to interview him for a head coaching job because that window's open. So I don't know what you'd be waiting for if you're Chicago. I know the other ones that are open right now, Jacksonville and Las Vegas. Definitely think Peterson's the best one for the Jaguars. Eric Enemy is probably the next best one for the Jaguars. Very good landing spot for a first-time head coach. Low pressure, uh, even with Urban and the disaster that he was. And I think the enemy might be able to get John Dorsey, uh, former general manager in Kansas City, uh, to be the general manager and pick the players there. The Raiders, you just don't know what they're going to do because you don't know how Mark Davis thinks. You know, the, 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 They're very insular in the Raiders organization. They like to do things uh, much, much like Chicago, their way, which you know, a bit of a trend here is... The teams that need new head coaches are the ones that are not willing to think outside the box. So you wonder why they're looking for new head coaches. But Wink Martindale would be the best fit for them, I think. The Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator. He would bring an element of toughness. Um, you know, With Las Vegas, I think he brings an attitude and moxie that the city would, uh, much like John Gruden, rally around. And he is a schemius. He is a genius when it comes to scheme, and I think he would get the best out of these players. They put a lot of resources into the defensive side of the ball with the Raiders, but you know it's not really leading to wins. And if you stick around with Derek Carr, which they should, $19.5 million at the quarterback position, and you get pretty good play, I think he could turn them around in a hurry. As far as general manager, I have no idea who, would they, who they would get, but I think Wink Martindale would definitely be a good fit for them. Overall, you got three teams that need head coaches. Two of them have already been announced. Bears, they should announce it because you really don't want to miss out on Josh McDaniels or Doug Peterson. You know, one thing I was checking out uh, during my isolation period here before the NFL games on Saturday, Christmas Day, was the John Madden documentary. And then later on this weekend, I also caught the Ken Griffey Jr. documentary. That was when the uh, Cowboys and Redskins, it was just a blowout. There's no point in watching any further. Um, but, you know, the kid, Ken Griffey Jr., John Madden, one thing that stuck out to me is they're obviously highlighting their careers, all their accomplishments, everything that they uh, did and, and you know, went through as far as players and coaches and uh, for John Madden broadcaster. One thing they both said, I don't know if it was prompted, if it was asked, or if it was unprompted, they both talked about their legacy and how it never crossed their mind. Ever. John Madden never said, oh, I, I want to be remembered as this, or I want to uh, be known as this. Something that Russell Wilson talks a lot about. And, you know, I remember Tom Brady with the Howard Stern um, interview. 
He talked about how he never really thought about legacy. These guys are the same way. Griffey, he just wanted to play baseball. He never really thought about how he was remembered. John Maddy never wanted to be the best broadcaster, the best head coach, uh, this guy who had video games. He just wanted to connect. He just wanted to talk football because he loved the game. He loved teaching. He was a uh, major in education. And, you know, one thing for Aaron Rodgers is this touchdown record you know means a lot to him because he's all about his legacy. He's all about changing. He's definitely pro-player in driving that sense in the NFL, much like we've seen in the NBA and the power. He really wants to tilt things in that direction for players. And that's where, if that is important to him, he is succeeding because Randall Cobb, he got him on the team, and it's been a very good uh, pickup for them. And, you know, he's now the all-time leader in touchdowns in Packers history. And there's no reason to put Jordan Love on the field if you're the Packers. Brian Gutkiss, he is succeeding in his role while also, you know, listening to Aaron and taking his input. There's no reason for Aaron Rodgers to leave. Now, you just don't know what he's ever going to say or what he's thinking because we didn't see this coming as far as, you know, last offseason to him pretty much just, you know, publicly speaking his displeasure with Green Bay. So maybe he just sticks to that. But ultimately, there's no better situation. And I think if he does leave, there's going to be some disdain, much like Favre, that you know he's going to have to answer to. Maybe he you know relishes that, but ultimately I don't think he wants to be uh, on a sour note with the Packers, much like Favre was. So I, I think this touchdown record really puts to bed what his decision should be. Stay in Green Bay. You got a great defense. You got great skills players. They're going to take care of Devontae Adams first and foremost. So that way they know to uh, to, to have you come back to, to give you an incentive to do that. The GM, while maybe you don't like him, he does pick great players. You got Devontae Campbell, that linebacker. Darnell Savage making plays, picking uh, quarterbacks off. D- don't leave. There's there's no reason to. Stay, stay right where you are. Green Bay is the best landing scenario. And before... You know, it's all said and done as far as free agency and next year and trade scenarios. You might just have another Super Bowl ring on your finger. Again, the Washington football team came into tonight with a legitimate chance, even though they were coming off a four-day rest period between their game on Tuesday, postponed due to COVID, and having Tyler or uh, Taylor Heineke, don't even know the guy's name fully, um, having limited practice time. Okay, they had a legitimate shot had they won the game to be a playoff contender. So they're they're not some like joke of a franchise laughing stock. They're 7 and 7. The Cowboys blew them out. Okay, when you hang a 50 plus points on a team, that's big time. I don't care who it is in the NFL. They and it was against a 500 team. Cowboys are a legitimate threat. I said a few weeks ago the biggest threat in the playoffs. Right now, Tampa Bay has major injury question marks, okay? It sounds like they're all going to come back, but you don't know at what percent and how they're going to function. Like Lenny Fournette, Shaq Barrett was announced today, Mike Evans, uh, Antonio Brown's back, Chris Godwin's out for the year. You know, they they signed a freaking, what's it, Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> and he didn't even play yesterday, I don't think. Again, you know, they're, they're winning, but they're coming in hobble. And, you know, you're not going to discount the squad, but as far as just legitimate shot to take it all the way, Cowboys are getting healthy and getting hot at the right time. Their running game, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, along with the offense and what they displayed, like it's all coming together at the right time 
for the Dallas Cowboys. And the part that's also been abundantly clear in the last few games is that they have three. Think about these names, Parsons, Gregory, Lawrence, how some teams would just die to have one. They have three on the defensive side of the ball. They're taking the ball away from those guys, but also the leading interceptions leader in Trayvon Diggs. This is a legitimate squad. This is a squad that's gaining confidence at the right time. They have an easy schedule to close out the last two games of the year. So you do have to wonder when the competition rises, you know, how they'll respond. But I mean, with winning, that's going to breed confidence and they're going to get a home playoff game because they win the division. Again, this is a squad that it's all coming together at the right time. Aaron Rodgers, as much as he's been playing well uh, with, again, banged up offensive line a few weeks ago, um, obviously playing on a short week this week. His toe is something to monitor. He, he's been, you know, honest in saying that as games go along, it gets worse. So, you know, one cold game in January, a couple knockdowns from, you know, Cowboys pass rushers. I mean, that it might be a wrap on the season. You, you got a hobble quarterback on a foot, that, and it's been going on for weeks. So I, I really like the chances here of Dallas. Uh, that was a statement when people, I, again, like they're, they're writing off Washington is, is, is like it's like the Jets or, or, or Jacksonville or, or the Giants. It's like, no, like they're, they're seven and seven. It's a 500 team, blew them out. Cowboys coming together at the right time, really like them as they head into January. I know the HBO Hard Knocks series and season with the Colts, phenomenal. I'm you know, several episodes behind, but all of the in-season footage that you're getting, it's a lot like the Amazon Prime thing that they did with the Rams and the Cardinals a few years back. I think they did it with the Panthers and Eagles. It's something Hard Knocks should have been on like several years ago. Finally, they got it right. It's been awesome because Frank Reich and the Colts in their season, it's really been something. They lost several games. I think they start off one and four. And now they've climbed back into it, and they're definitely going to make the playoffs. And really like what they have going for them. A couple of big wins. Okay, beat the Patriots, uh, then beat the Cardinals. Again, I thought the Cardinals would take it just because the Colts, they had those COVID issues pop up on Christmas Day. Cardinals are spiraling. They're they're going to make the playoffs, but they'll be one and done in the playoffs. They're just – it's same old story with Cliff and Co. and, and Kyler being beat up. And really, you know, tip my cap to the Indianapolis Colts, but – like, let's not forget about the team that started off the week here. The Tennessee Titans are a tough team, and they're doing a lot of the same things as the Colts. I could argue it's because Jonathan Taylor and the media wanting to have him win MVP because he is having a phenomenal, excellent, historic season as a running back, plus HBO. That's why they're getting all this love. While Tennessee, I mean, they had Roger Saffold and Taylor Luan, two offensive tackles, out. As, you know, Derrick Henry is also out for several weeks now. And they beat the, the Niners, you know, 20 to, to 17 on a, on a short week. They're doing a lot of the same things that the Colts are doing. They're physical. They're tough. They win running the football. They have won some games where they've asked Ryan Tannehill to make some big throws like Carson Wentz is getting praised for uh, in the desert here on Christmas Day. Like, they, they have beat the Colts twice. This season, they, they are leading the South in the AFC. I still like the Titans more than I like the Colts. Like, Mike Vrabel has shown me a lot. He's a good head coach. Really good. There's been guys like key players, A.J. Brown. Um, 
obviously Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, he's out. And then you have these linemen out. There's been key players, David Long, the linebacker. They've gone down, and he's still found ways to, to keep his team in first place and to win a lot of games. Like, I, I, I am not ready just because Jonathan Taylor, again, phenomenal season, something to talk about. I, I'm not really ready to put them uh, above the, the Titans. The Titans are the better team. They beat them twice. Beat them twice. And I think when you take the Colts outside the dome and you put them on, I'm not, again, they're not going to be a joke outside, but, you know, the Patriots lost to them in a dome. Put them in the elements. You know, it's going to be a lot more even than you think. Titans, Vrabel, let's not forget about them. They're having a hell of a year. All right, going to go quick hits here with the number seven seeds in each conference. We will start with the NFC, the final seed, number seven seed in each conference for the playoffs. We'll start with the ones that currently own the number seven seed. In the NFC, Philadelphia. You know, look, they're good on the offensive and defensive lines. They know how to limit Jalen Hurts. They ask him to make intermediate, easy throws, and he knows how to do them. He's agreed to it, and you got to give your, you know, the Eagles credit here, okay? They've adapted. They've done better than you thought. Uh, good on both the trenches, so that's going to win you a lot of games. They're 7-7 seven and seven on the doorstep. I ultimately think, though, that New Orleans, I, I feel like they find a way to, to win tonight. I, I do. You know, I, I really like Miami, and I'm pretty proud of what they've done when seven games and it pretty much not being spoken of. I think they do find a way to win with Ian Book just because that's what Sean Payton does. He's had this guy for several months now, and I think he's able to get this rookie ready and to play the way that he wants to play more so than a Trevor Simeon who's been in the league for a little bit. Jameis Winston, the same deal. They are more talented, but they've been around more, you know, coaches. They, they've, been, they've had more uh, mouths speak to them as far as how to play football, where Ian Book, he's new. He's definitely completely molded to how Sean Payton wants him to play football. I think they find a way to win tonight. I do. And they uh, topple Miami, and I think they sneak in and get that seventh seed. Atlanta, they're not going to get it. Washington, they're not going to get it either. They're, they've just... They've had too many losses, and the schedule doesn't favor either of those teams. And if you're Washington, like you've had, you've had you know guys on the sideline punching each other. Like I don't see you turning that around. I just don't. Like you, you guys are pissed off at each other, and I expect you to turn around and 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 win the last two games and have a lot of help go your way. Like no, I don't see that. And Atlanta, same deal. Like their defense just isn't good enough. They they're dynamic enough on offense to win that amount of games. Uh, and theoretically, there's a scenario out there for you, but I don't see that happening uh, with the schedule disadvantage as well. And Minnesota, you know, they're firmly in it as well. You, you figure they might lose to the Rams, but there's just too tall of an order the rest of the way here. I think uh, next week, oh yeah, next week they have Green Bay, primetime Sunday night. So Minnesota's done. They're going to lose to the Packers. And that'll be a wrap on their season. But kicking it over to the AFC, Baltimore, I mean, Lamar Jackson, they're taking it up to the actual game time, but he didn't even travel with the team. So you can't expect him to be coming back next week. This is a severe injury. He may not play the rest of the year. He's not even close. So it's going to be Tyler Huntley if he comes off the COVID list. No idea if he's vaccinated or unvaccinated. Obviously a big factor there. Sounds like he is. So maybe he could be back in time for next week, but Baltimore is going to be playing the Rams. 
And, you know, with the, with the way the Rams are playing, figuring out this running game, I don't really see Baltimore winning even the home game against L.A. So with them, I definitely think they're dropping out of the spot. And, you know, L.A. Has, hasn't looked good. Like, Brandon Staley, he, he this is a classic coach with the Chargers. This guy was in 2009 coaching at the Division Three level. Brandon Staley of the Chargers. He's got nobody to turn to during these times. Nobody. Like, just a few short years ago, he was at Mount Union uh, in the Midwest coaching Division Three football, which I'm not, I'm not saying that's a joke. Like, there's plenty of guys who coach at that level and, and go on to have NFL careers as coaches. But it's just like he, he doesn't have that, like, you know, uh, Gruden or Belichickian or, or Walsh back in the day, Tree to kind of – Andy Reid to kind of, like, go off of from, like – you know, coaching under those guys for several years to see how the seasons go. Like, you know, his, his season is slipping away here and, and he's calling these fourth down plays against the chiefs. And then all of a sudden he doesn't go for it on fourth down. Um, and, and you know, gets blown out by the freaking you know, Houston Texans who, who had, I mean, I can't even name half their positions anymore. I, I just, I don't know if I have a lot of confidence and then making the playoffs. And, and that's where it leaves me. With Las Vegas, you know, it they could almost sneak in here. They, they could almost sneak in. They, they, they have a theoretical chance. Dolphins, I think they're too far behind. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Denver, those last four just need too much help from a scheduling standpoint. You got to win out, and then you got to have, like, some real weird things happen the rest of the way. You know, Baltimore, you, you just you don't see them winning. When it all comes down to it, I think it may just be you know, Bolts, Vegas, the uh, week 18, yeah, that game in Vegas, you almost think that's for the, the final wild card spot. I, I could definitely see that. And in that scenario, in Vegas, mojo working, I'm taking the Raiders. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That is the podcast. We are taking our last sip here of our drink. Holidays are in full swing. We got New Year's coming up. Be smart, be safe. Uh, Omicron is definitely alive and well. It has swept through our household, uh, our holiday plans, and a lot of friends and family. So if you thought COVID was dead, it ain't. <laughs> it's back. And uh, take the precautions and tell your friends while they're you know boxed up in their house to download, subscribe to the podcasts with Pete Forsey, uh, five-star reviews. These are the instructions you need to give. And tell them that we are recording and putting out a show every Monday, once a week, and it's all the sports news that you need. Maybe not what you always think you're going to hear, but what you need to hear right here on the podcast. Thanks so much. We're on every platform that you can get it, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Have a safe and happy holiday.